You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron, when I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. You can come over to the site now, check out my Week 5 Picks Against the Spread, as well as my weekly Stark Sit'em column and rankings, The Decider. Also, we'll have Sleeper and Bus Picks, as well as positional rankings throughout. You can check out from our staff at Sporting News. Here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, it is Wednesday. That means we flip our attention from the week that was and the waiver wire to the week that's coming here, and it starts Thursday night there with the Rams-Seahawks, so we'll get into that game. We also have a London game, so make sure you have your lineup set for early in the morning here on this side of the pond. So we'll break those two games down for you first, and six other games from the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window on the show. And then another full slate of games here. We'll do the back half, the other eight, all the way through Sunday night and Monday night on tomorrow's show. Matchup Thursday follows Matchup Wednesday. That's pretty natural. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. All right, let's dive into what we're going to see in the Rams-Seahawks game. And it is a two-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the visiting Rams here. Seattle's defense has really struggled. You also have the Seahawks, uh, 54.5 is the over-under here. So expecting a lot of points, close game. What else is new between these two rivals? They split last year. The Seahawks won late in the season to take the division, but the Rams were able to win in the playoffs. So a lot of uh, intrigue and back history with these teams, especially with Shane Waldron, the former Sean McVay assistant. He's now overseeing the Seahawks offense there with Wilson. So let's start on the Rams side of things. Quick check on who's hurt and who's not. Tyler Higby dealing with a bit of an ankle issue. He's been limited in practice. Uh, Daryl Henderson still limited in practice with a ribs injury, but he's good to go here. The Seahawks run defense has been terrible. We've seen that. So Daryl Henderson, one of the premier plays of the week here. Clearly he's getting all the main touches ahead of Sonny Michelle at this point. Michelle lost a fumble last week, which didn't help his cause. So I really like Daryl Henderson. I think he's going to retain RB1 value as long as he's healthy. He comes through here. It's a good place to start if you're making a DFS lineup in the single-game slate for this one as well. But Daryl Henderson, I love here. There, I don't love Higby, not because of the injury. I just don't think they're going to use him as much. You can burn the Seahawks in different ways here. So Matthew Stafford should uh, kind of reheat the connection there with Robert Woods. I don't think it was ever heated up. But Cooper Cup, teams have made the point of emphasis now to slow him down. That's what we saw against the Cardinals. Good job by them despite all their slot struggles, to cool off Cup. That said, Cup really gets his uh, numbers in against the Seahawks. He is from the Seattle area in Yakima, so he always likes the homecoming. He's going to rebound here with a nice game. Robert Woods is going to keep it up from last week, where kind of salvaged his day with that garbage touchdown late against the Cardinals. But, yeah, Woods still, you have to play him as a wide receiver three, and Cup you're still looking at as a wide receiver one in this one. Would I extend to Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson? It seems like a different third Ram makes a play every week in the passing game, and we're not sure where you want to go there. So I wouldn't extend there right now, but if Jefferson gets the regular looks there ahead of uh, Jackson, then we're going to go think about him a little bit more. But for now, you can't go there. So 
stick with the wide receivers. Daryl Henderson can smash it. It all ties together with Matthew Stafford being a QB1 firmly in the top 10 this week again. To bounce back from that disappointment, it was really disappointing against the Cardinals last week when you had the shootout scenario, but the turnovers really hurt uh, the Rams' production in that game. The Seahawks not great at forcing turnovers, so you live up to the expectations. We'll get a lot of points here. Player principles stick with the Rams. Uh, avoid their defense, however, with Russell Wilson on the other side, just like last week with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals as the opponent. For Seattle, we'll watch Chris Carson. He missed practice there with a neck injury on Tuesday. We'll see what the status is on Wednesday. They're just kind of maintaining him a little bit. They could also limit his touches here on a short week. They did give him some relief pretty well with Alex Collins, who had 10 rushes last week and against the 49ers and a touchdown. So we'll see if you see more of Collins in this one. I wouldn't panic about Chris Carson, but monitor that situation should they make a pivot. I know a lot of people have... Uh, Gotten Collins that kind of developed late yesterday, so not wasn't on the waiver wire radar. But again, be prepared. Again, we've told you time and again, handcuff your backs, find the best handcuff. And with Rashad Penny not playing right now, Collins clearly is the guy. So you have the evidence. If you know there's a number two that you can trust, go for that player in that right now. At the time being, it's Collins, whom the Seahawks have really liked over the years, even uh, drafting him, and then uh, went to the Ravens, came back. So they really like Collins, and he would get a good opportunity here to do some damage against the Rams. Rams, you can run on them. We saw Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner go off last week. So they're a little bit weak in linebacker. That's how you kind of attack them. DK Metcalf comes in with more of a foot issue here, limited, but the bigger problem could be facing Jalen Ramsey all over the field. They played to draws before, and Ramsey's won a couple. Metcalf has looked pretty good as well in different times. they got a scheme to get Metcalf open away from Ramsey. That's going to be the key here for the Seahawks. If not, they'll just pivot and go to Tyler Locker, who's been a Tyler Lockett, who's been a Rams killer uh, there for many years. So, again, Lockett, Metcalf, I think they're both uh, kind of fall into that wide receiver two category. Metcalf because of the matchup, Lockett because of usage. Here, and uh, we're going to start whoever's in the backfield, Carson or Collins. Here, I'm not going to extend to Collins should Carson play in this game for that reason. But Wilson, I think, can have a big week as well. I expect the quarterbacks to live up to expectations. This one and 54.5 over under. Healthy way to start the week in fantasy football. The next game is in Tottenham Stadium. They're in London across the pond. It is a... Three-point spread in favor of the Falcons, who are the home team. So they give up a game in Atlanta to play in London. The Jets are the underdogs. It's a 46-and-a-half over-under. The Jets coming off their first win. Zach Wilson leading a big comeback there to shock the Titans. The Falcons uh, couldn't outlast the Washington football team last week. So now they go long on the road here from their home in Atlanta. Matt Ryan, we've seen this Jets defense playing really well. They had to... A lot of pressure against Ryan Tannehill. They just dropped him and dropped him seven sacks last week. So this Jets front is playing really well. We know the Falcons can have some issues up front. So not interested in Matt Ryan this week. The Falcons are going to have to keep grinding this game out. And uh, it's going to get Mike Davis a little going last week. But Cordell Patterson is a guy you can't really sit him. They're going to get ways to get him involved against the Jets. So Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis should be quite involved here. Maybe it's a chance for Kyle Pitts to get going at tight end. The Jets have been pretty good at corner all year so far with their pass rush. So maybe more short and immediate throwing. We'd like Kyle Pitts to find the end zone. This might be the eventual chance here. But again, I don't like a high passing volume big game for Ryan. 
Calvin Ridley, we'd like a little bit more from. We saw some signs he was pretty solid last week, but we drafted him to score touchdowns and get more than 100 yards receiving, and we got to see that here happening, that combination that was uh, all too familiar the past two seasons. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for Ridley, but he's a talented receiver. They can scheme him open, get him in the slot. The Jets do have a pretty good young slot corner there, the rookie uh, Michael Carter. We'll see uh, what they can do there, but... Yeah, I'm going to temper my expectations for Ridley Pitts in this whole passing game, given the Falcons' better ticket to winning this game will be with running game and uh, defense making some impact plays against this Jets' offensive line. That said, I do like Zach Wilson. The other Michael Carter start at your own risk. The Falcons are pretty good, actually, against the run overall because of Grady Jarrett and the beef there. But you look at uh, Zach Wilson. He's a nice deep streamer. I'm going to start him in a league where uh, it's a 14-team league. There's not a lot out there with quarterback. I'm going to start Zach Wilson. I like the matchup. I'm going to stream him there this week, and I feel pretty good about him because he did come through in week one against the Panthers with multiple touchdowns. He looked really good last week against the Titans. I think having Jamison Crowder back, that veteran slot receiver, really helps along with Corey Davis. The Falcons cannot cover either of those guys. So Michael Carter did get a touchdown last week, but again, you can't trust his Jets running game yet. We have not seen anything that you say that they can run effectively Carter, you're really touchdown dependent, and you can only look at him as a deep league flex at this point. Corey Davis, I think, is a wide receiver too this week. Jamison Crowder in half and full point PPR. He bumps up to me for a wide receiver three status if you're hurting there. So, yeah, Jets-Falcons. Again, the Falcons defense you can play. The Jets will make enough mistakes here, but we know the Titans were a disappointment last week when he played them. So, remember, bad defenses are bad for a reason. They don't make a lot of plays. And that's the risk you run in streaming the Falcons. Uh, just be aware of that this week against the Jets. All right, we do uh, have uh, six more games to talk about, all 1 p.m. Eastern Time games. We knocked out the Thursday night game and the Mon- Sunday morning game there. In you know, Europe over there, it's going to be more of the regular time game, but for us, way early in the morning. But make sure you have your lineup set for both of those early games this week. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people are driving a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Again, that's the promo code TOUCHDOWN to save up to 50% per gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, uh, let's continue the show looking into the 1 p.m. Eastern Time games, breaking it down here on a matchup Wednesday. Thanks so much for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Check us out. We're free and available on all platforms for your daily fantasy football advice throughout the season. All right, let's go to the Eagles-Panthers game. I actually like the Eagles in an upset in this one. The spread is only 3.5 in favor of the host Panthers. 44 and a half is the over-under. So, yeah, not as many points as we thought with these two offenses with Jalen Hurts dealing and Sam Darnold playing well. Let's start with the Eagles, the road team here. Uh, look at uh, Devonta Smith. He's hit or miss. The Panthers can kind of scheme to contain him. 
here. So the Eagles have been doing a better job of trying to get Devonta Smith open, but I don't know if I can go there this week. I think you have a lot of better wide receiver three options, so check that out. I mean, I love Jalen Hurts and uh, the way he's hitting the ball downfield aggressively, but it's always uh, more about the tight ends here than the Panthers. We saw what happened last week. It was Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin really uh, taking it to the Panthers. So I also have Shaq Thompson hurting there. So you think the tight ends are going to be a big part of what the Eagles do. They are every week, but Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, look for them to help. Uh, Ertz is just only a deep league play there at tight end if you're really hurting, but Dallas Goddard, firm starter in the top eight this week with his uh, potential in production with Hurts. So I think the Eagles are also going to try to run the ball a little bit more effectively in this one. I know they've been a pass-happy team here with Nick Sirianni, and people have doubts, but they got to run it to protect their defense a little bit, and Kenneth Gainwell is looking better. So that uh, Jalen Hurts running, Kenneth Gainwell's running in key situations, and Miles Sanders, I think they'll find a way to keep stay more ground in this one. So that's why I don't think it's going to be a shootout where people are expecting the Eagles to trail this one and throw, throw, throw. I think the Eagles are capable this type of matchup with their defensive line to keep it close there against the Panthers, especially if Christian McCaffrey sits out. More on that in a moment, but yeah. Eagles go with Hurts and, and Goddard. Kenneth Gainwell as a deep league RB2 or flex. Miles Sanders still plug him in there if you want to, but I think this backfield is going towards Gainwell. So I'm trusting Gainwell a little bit more than Sanders. If you want to sit Sanders, I can totally understand that because he hasn't produced and the, the usage seems to be going away. We had a report also that they're going more into timeshare mode, and that's not good at all for Sanders. So if Gainwell has the momentum, Sanders is the guy fading, I would play him over Sanders if you have both guys. If you don't, Sanders is a guy that I would like to play. Someone else have got an alternative, and Gainwell, I'm going to try to get my lineups as reasonably as possible if I don't have the greatest running back options. Now, the Panthers, we talked about Christian McCaffrey maybe returning. Chuba Hubbard didn't look all that great last week, and... Just a reminder that it's really hard to replace McCaffrey's production. I know Mike Davis did it to some degree, but it wasn't the same explosive level of CMC last week. So, interesting. Hubbard uh, didn't play all that well. McCaffrey's a little bit motivated to return. It's a pretty big game, so the Panthers can uh, get to 4-1 and one here and really improve their playoff chances. So, we'll see if he goes. And if he goes, he's in your lineup, and that's uh, bad news for the Eagles. And that also helps uh, McCaffrey produce pretty well in this game. The Eagles will play pretty deep and uh, let the Panthers try to run all over them. That might change should McCaffrey be in there. DJ Moore locked and loaded. He's a wide receiver one every week. His usage, the Simon Darnold connection, they're getting him open. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. DJ Moore there, but we're going to fade Robbie Anderson hard. I mean, there's no reason to look at him or Terrace Marshall anyway. Uh, it's either Sam Darnold running for touchdowns or throwing to DJ Moore. That's pretty much this offense without McCaffrey. And McCaffrey going in there would even make them less reliant on those peripheral wide receivers. And Panthers defense, you could play at home. Eagles defense could be a little sneaky as well. I think there's going to be some sacks to be had here. The Panthers uh, offensive line can struggle in the interior where the Eagles are strong with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, while the Eagles uh, banged up offensive line is going to face Brian Burns and uh, those guys up front for the Panthers. So I think that's why this game's low scoring. I think these uh, offenses will be held in check a little bit. The Eagles can win that type of game here this week there and uh, cover that spread of three and a half at least with a low point total. The next game we'll talk about is the Dolphins traveling to Tampa. So a little short road trip from Miami to Tampa here for 
the Dolphins. They're 10-point underdogs, and not surprising. The Bucks are up double-digit favorites. The Bucks barely escaped New England with that victory. A little lesser spread, and now they're a little bit more comfortable at home. Now, the Dolphins have been pretty good against the pass. Tom Brady, temper expectations are going to be more normal Tom Brady-type game here where you're not going to get those 300 yards and 350. I think you're going to get maybe two TDs, 300 that in somewhere in that range. The Dolphins' pass defense is pretty good overall. That's what they do, but their run defense has been atrocious. Teams have been steamrolling them. So Leonard Fournette building some momentum from last week. Ronald Jones, a little bit of a stretch to play behind him. You're basically chasing a touchdown. We'll see Giovanni Bernard could miss another game. So that could all add up to good news for Fournette. Another good DFS play this week here for the Bucks running back. Now at wide receiver, yeah, you're going to play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Drop them more down to wide receiver two, playing off each other. I would avoid Antonio Brown. This is not a game where I think the Bucks need to throw out a high volume to stretch the field. So Evans and Godwin, their usual wide receiver two spots every week. Fournette, I think, can deliver like an RB1 once again this week. Avoid Antonio Brown. We'll see if Rob Gronkowski returns. If he's there, he's your guy. I'm not going to sub in Cameron Braid in this matchup because, again, the Bucks are going to move the ball, find some red zone love there for Evans and Godwin. Those are probably the guys who are going to catch the touchdowns from Brady and then uh, finish well with Fournette in this game. Uh, maybe Jones, but Jones just too big of a risk here behind Leonard. All right, the next game we'll talk about, and the final one in this segment we'll get to, is the Saints at the Washington football team. Another 44.5 over-under, identical to the Eagles-Panthers game. Saints offense, just hard to read every week. We want Alvin Kamara to do more. That's what we know. Kamara can get 100 yards rushing easily, the way he uh, gets the usage, but Taysom Hill's been pilfering touchdowns. They've been thrown to the tight end for touchdowns. Throw to Alvin Kamara for scores. Let's get him to ball near the goal line. Washington's defense has struggled big time this year. Maybe they'll rebound here. Maybe seeing Jameis Winston, a mistake-prone type quarterback, will help. There's no Teron Armstead, by the way, the left tackle for the Saints. So that could open things up for Chase Young in this pass rush. WFT has to be under pressure to deliver defense, especially the coordinator, Jack Del Rio. You have that much talent in the front seven. Chase Young, just undisciplined. You upgraded your secondary. You haven't seen the results of that, but... This might be the week to see that from Winston as some of his old habits return here, return here possibly. I think Washington's defense will be challenged to be better in this game. So I'm taking Washington as the underdog two and a half here in this uh, matchup. I think Washington is just the overall better team with uh, better offense. And when their defense plays well, they can be a decent complementary force here. There. So again, with the... Uh, this Alvin Kamara, go in on him. Let's hope he can get RB1 numbers in this particular game. I'm not going to anyone else here, James Winston or the receiver. So that was pretty easy at this point. And keep in mind, Tony Jones Jr. hurt behind Kamara. So the new handcuff for now looks like Ty Montgomery. For Washington football team, let's check on Antonio Gibson's injury. He was really hit hard at the end of the game here. But sticking with Gibson more as an RB2 in this particular matchup. Terry McLaurin could see some of Marshawn Lattimore. We don't know how... Difficult that matchup really is anymore, but two Ohio State products going at it. McLaurin has a good size. They've also used him in the slot to make him get open. I also like Curtis Samuel. There's some damage. I think the Saints have one good corner, but they don't have other guys who can stop the quickness of Samuel. Samuel also had success against them as a Panther last year. So there's all that that's going well here 
for Washington McLaurin and uh, Taylor Heineke. That connection is pretty darn special. And you know the volume is only going to bump up for him and Samuel. With Logan Thomas having a hamstring injury, he's going to miss time here. So J.D. McKissick should see a bunch of extra targets as well with Gibson banged up. So McKissick might have some value as the poor man's Kamara, but I'm not reaching or extending there because it could be hit or miss. Uh, he could also be totally not involved in the offense as much as you think. And it could turn into a Gibson game should the game script be positive as well for Washington. So a lot of things to think about there, but stick with Gibson McLaurin. If you need Taylor Heineke, you could do a lot worse than the stream him. He's had consistent uh, top 12 finishes here in the starts for Washington. And the Saints uh, look good against Daniel Jones last week, but really fell apart at the end. And uh, Washington can have similar success. So I think this defense is a bit overrated there in New Orleans. And uh, I think this... Uh, underachieving Washington defense will start to play better. All right, we will talk about three more games in this uh, show before we wrap it up and uh, save the rest of them for Matchup Thursday. I've got to, uh, before we get into that, i got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. This week there's a limited time flavor that you have to check out. It's called Cookie Dough Chunk, and it could be your favorite Built Bar flavor, but there's so many other great ones to choose from as well. They have nine delicious core flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite built bars are the ones with chocolate upon chocolate, double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut brownie, uh, peanut butter brownie. You can't go wrong with any of those. And cookie dough chunk. What a great addition to the built bar family. The only way to find out what your favorite built bar is to get a mix box. We'll get two each of the nine flavors. There's something available for everyone there at built bar. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar flavors are the best tasting, but they're also the healthiest too. 17 grams to 18 grams protein in each bar. Only 130 to 180 calories. Only 4 grams to 5 grams sugar. Only 4 to 5 grams net carbs as well. Nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And also get in and get on that special flavor while it's here. Cookie Dough Chunk at Built Bar. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We are back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. Fully in swing here. We're around the quarter pole there. Just passed it in college football. Right here in the NFL. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, uh, three more games to talk about on this program. And again, programming reminder, matchup Thursday will take you all the way through the marquee Sunday night game against the Bills and Chiefs and that Ravens-Colts matchup on Monday night as well. So eight more games after this, but we want to give each team and each game its due. That's what we're doing here. The Titans are one of those teams. They're playing the Jaguars. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Jacksonville, 48-and-a-half. You may have been hurt. Hearing about what's happening with Urban Meyer and Jacksonville, it's a mess. They're 0 4. They've lost 19 straight games. So I'm looking at the Titans. That's a pretty small number to me. I know the Titans 
look like they'll be without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones again, but pretty small number. They did lose last week, so they were caught by surprise by the Jets on the road. That's not going to happen for two straight weeks with Mike Vrabel. Jaguars uh, also kind of uh, tantalized the Bengals a little bit and uh, took the lead and controlled that game, and then they blew it. So it's more likely the Jags continue to spiral down while the Titans rebound in this one for sure. The Titans are still in good shape to win the AFC South, so they're going to keep that in mind, take care of their division game. So I really like them to go in, take care of that still smallish number at uh, four and a half there for the Titans. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. It's all about him now. We saw him go off against the Jets last week. He's the main source of production. Jags' pass defense can be a little tricky with Josh Allen. The Titans have been giving up a lot of sacks, but they're going to run it. Uh, it's really hard when you're dealing with uh, Josh uh, Josh Reynolds and Nick Westbrook-Akine and Anthony Ferkser as your best targets. But making it work most with like Jeremy McNichols out of the backfield. So maybe more checkdowns to McNichols if you're desperate in a PPR league. You could look to him. He's getting some looks there behind Derrick Henry in passing situations, but... The game script has to be a bit negative. I don't think it's going to be here. So I think it's Henry and more Henry. And you'll have decent success from Tannehill. He's going to find someone off the play action. The Jaguars are going to bite. I think he gets 215-2 in this one to be startable in the certain leagues here for you. There, uh, despite the receiver injuries. We'll see. Maybe uh, A.J. Brown has a better chance to return than Julio Jones. But looks like another week of having neither. So really, it's Derrick Henry. And if you really need him, Ryan Tannehill. But... There's got to be, in a lot of leagues, uh, 10 to 11 better options there, so keep that in mind as well if you're forcing in Tannehill in the lineup. A lot of good other streaming options here. Titans defense, start them at your own risk. They were bad last week. I think they'll have a little bit more success. They'll be challenged again by Vrabel to be more impactful. And uh, Trevor Lawrence has been protecting the ball a little bit better. He didn't uh, really cough it up to the Bengals in the last game, so keep that in mind as well. I'm not going with Trevor Lawrence. I know the Titans' secondary is bad, and they, that's the one that gave up points to the Wilson last week. But the Jags are happy about James Robinson, that running approach. A lot of read option stuff for Trevor Lawrence as well. They're also, keep in mind, down DJ Chark. That's a big loss. I know they have Marvin Jones, LaVisca Cheneau, but I think this is all going to help out or James Robinson with a lot of his receptions and usage here for the Jaguars. That's probably their best way to win the game. Counter Henry with a lot of Robinson stuff. So. Going with Robinson, if you're looking for some garbage, you can get that from Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chanel in this game for sure. Just not going to tie it all and start Lawrence in season-long formats here in Week 5. All right, the next game we go to, the point total goes up to 49.5. It's the Vikings hosting the Lions. Vikings could not beat the Browns at home last week. Vikings are 8.5-point favorites. A lot of struggles for that Lions offensive line with some injuries. They're... Pass rush, their pass defense is pretty terrible. So all things Vikings could be a get-well game for everything. Last week was a nightmare for everyone except for Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are going to destroy it with Kirk Cousins in this game. Both wide receiver ones to me, given how this matchup is a high quality. So will they need a lot more? Dalvin Cook should get back on track a little healthier from the ankle injury this week. Let's hope so. And a tight end, uh, if they're front runners, the Vikings are going to use more 12 personnel and a tight end. So Tyler Conklin, a good shot for an anytime touchdown in this game. And uh, that will be enough to start him in fantasy football if you need him in deeper leagues. So yeah, it's not going to be spread out through the high volume Vikings. It's going to be playing off the running game, get it to Jefferson and Thielen, score, get get it done, get out of here after a bad loss and a very unproductive loss against the Browns last week. 
Lions, really hard to tell between Quintus Cephas and Edmund Ross St. Brown and Khalif Raymond, where you want to go there. So avoid all those wide receivers. Avoid Jared Goff. DeAndre Swift, you have to play him out of necessity. Jamal Williams and Swift are going to continue to split here. The Vikings were vulnerable last week to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So there's some volume and plays to be had there from Williams and Swift. They just have to keep the game close. If they don't, that's going to favor Swift anyway because of his uh, receiving skills here. For Detroit, TJ Hawkinson, I think, will bounce back here. The Browns didn't do much against the Vikings with the tight end, but they missed a lot of opportunities there with Baker Mayfield. So I think this is a week where Hawkinson is going to get it done and go back to more what we saw in the first couple weeks of the season there as a tight end. One, you can play the Vikings defense for sure at home. Here, sound the horn. Daniil Hunter is uh, getting a lot of sacks here. Lions can still be vulnerable up front, and Jared Goff is always good for potentially making a pick six or fatal uh, turnover. And we saw that last week against the Bears as well. Enough turnovers where the Bears were a decent start. I think Vikings can be a higher upside start this week. All right, finally, let's look at the Broncos-Steelers game. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. The Steelers are one-and-a-half point favorites in this one. 39-and-a-half is the over-under. That's not a good number at all. When you're under 40, it's not good for fantasy football. So what do you do here? Chase Claypool may miss another game here. Steelers' Deontay Johnson could have a really tough matchup here. Juju Smith-Schuster could have a tough matchup. So really... uh, not good to have Vic Fangio and this uh, Steelers defense on the field at the same time. Not good for fantasy football purposes. Unless you start either defense where there's sacks and turnovers to be had. Against presumably Drew Locke starting over to concuss Teddy Bridgewater and Ben Roethlisberger. So, yes, yeah, so I'm not trusting. I don't really like Johnson this week. Especially if Claypool's out. It's easier to key on him and take him out of the game. The Packers couldn't do that, but really it was one play that got above the arm of Jerry Alexander and the Broncos secondary playing really well. So, again, avoiding the Steelers wide receivers. Ben Roethlisberger not touching him. Steelers defense, Steelers running in. That's not a bad stack this week. Najee Harris on the Steelers uh, defense looking at that in DFS. That's where they're going to have to go and win games. Ben Roethlisberger pops up with yet another injury, so they're not going to make the change. They're going to trust Harris a lot. A lot of dump-offs to him. May not run as effectively against Denver. So, ugly, ugly game. So, Harris or nothing other than the Steelers' defense in this game for fantasy football. On the Broncos' side of things, yeah, go for their defense. Von Miller maybe pressuring this offensive line, getting some sacks. Uh, Roethlisberger to make mistakes in this one, like we saw in the playoff game. So, yeah, their defense is excellent here. And Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, I don't know if I can even go there. I mean, you're splitting carries. They've been uninspired. The Steelers are still pretty good against the run, as we saw last week, and they are vulnerable against the pass, which the Broncos are not well equipped to attack them with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick there with uh, Drew Locke. So, really, I think it's Noah Fant and the defense for the Broncos, Najee Harris and the defense for the Steelers is the only way I'm going these games. Again, look at that over-under, study it, that's why we discuss it. If a team doesn't have a lot of points, it's not going to have a lot of yards, it's not going to have a lot of production. Avoid that and find a better source for that here in any given week. All right, uh, that uh, wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. And don't forget, tomorrow is Matchup Thursday again. We'll do this all again, looking at eight games on the back end of the Week 5 schedule from a fantasy football perspective. Now make your second listen today after this. 
The Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms, just like this show. For Locked on Fantasy Football Matchup Wednesday, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow and uh, breaking down the rest of the games, Week 5.